in three, two, one. Nor, welcome to the Shift Method podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing very, very great. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. What have you been up to since last I spoke with you? Oh, wow. That was like last year in like April. Somewhere around there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, like um, my plan was to like go back to Malaysia for my brother's wedding for spring break. And then it ended up I'm being here for I was here for like five months. And then you graduated. Everyone graduated. Right. Yeah. So I was like, oh, wow. I didn't get the chance to like meet you guys for the last night it was like really really unexpected thing to happen um but since then i think uh i we video called one time right uh through zoom uh I think because so. I was like, yeah because i was asking you like how can i make content yes <laughs> right? that's right that's right i remember yeah so i was like because i was freaking out um to be honest about like my future uh because with all the pandemic and my internship was um canceled and all that stuff i was like am i gonna get a job yeah. like after I graduate? <laughs> yeah so i was like i need to have a backup plan just in case i don't get a job right after i graduate right so um that's why i was like contacting you uh and asking you like how can i start making contents because i have i really have zero idea and then you guide me just a little bit. And then I'm not going to lie. That was like my stepping stone for Barbella. Uh, and here Barbella is right now. We have, uh, I have trained over 30 women in like, which is crazy. Okay. Because I started um, taking Did you say like 30? Five. Like three zero yeah. since starting? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nor, that is incredible. <laughs> Holy crap. And um. And I, uh, I started actually taking clients um, on a serious like basis in January, actually, after I graduate. So that was like, yeah, that was crazy for me. Whatever you're doing uh, is working, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah. When, um, so you went back to Malaysia because, you know, pandemic mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. And then have you been back to the States since? Yes, uh, so I went back in August for my very last uh, semester, and I graduated in December, come back here, um, end of December, so I arrived in January, and then um, that's when I started the Barbella thing. So you graduated, you're full, you're done, fully done. Yeah, I'm done, done. Awesome. With finance degree. That's okay? right, finance major. I, I was going to say, I'm pretty finance sure she was a finance major. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should we should backtrack for everyone a little bit, right? So, because we talked about a lot of things and we're going to go into each of those in great detail. So first off, can you just kind of introduce yourself to the people listening or watching? Who exactly are you? Um, hi, everyone. <laughs> My name is Noor uh, and uh, I'm a, I was a student uh, at Purdue University. So I'm from Malaysia, studied at Purdue for two and a half years. Um, and because I went to college before that in Washington for two years, um, got my bachelor degree in finance. And now uh, I would say I'm the founder of Barbella. That's <laughs> right. Uh, in Malaysia, um, training over, uh, train over 30 women um, to 
create a healthy lifestyle, um, be more confident in their body, um, help them achieve their fitness goals, basically. That is amazing. I'm, we're going to dive more into that because we've talked here and there about some stuff, but I wanted to save it for this conversation because I haven't asked you too many specifics about that. Um, the key takeaway for those who didn't listen is that she's over in Malaysia right now. So I'm recording this at about 8.15 on, God, what's day Tuesday. So now it's 8.15 a.m. on her time. So I appreciate you again. You know, we're trying to work this out with the awkward time change. Either going to be early morning and late night for one of us in some way. So she's over there the next day, eight in the morning. Now, mm-hmm. so finance major mm-hmm. came to Purdue. You had a stop in Washington state before you went to Purdue, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so what made you want to go to Purdue university from Malaysia and specifically what made you want to go into finance? Um, so the thing is, I was young and dumb <laughs> before, I, before I went to the U.S. Um, I got a scholarship. Um, I mean, like, I went to interviews and I got the scholarship to go to the U.S. And then I got like these few choices of like majors that I can take in the U.S. Um, honestly, my sponsor was really, really flexible. Um, I can take any major except for like medicine i think i cannot study medicine which i don't want to anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so and then i uh i was dumb yeah i was dumb and i didn't research anything okay um i was just so excited i just want to go to the u.s okay (laughs) so i was like but if i study engineering it might be too hard if i study anything like in science it might be too hard so i want to like take it easy and find what's, you know, easy to learn <laughs> um, and just graduate because I just want to be in the U.S. That's basically what I want. Uh, so when I need to like submit what, uh, what major I want to study in, I was just like, okay, I, I'm not into engineering. I don't want to study until like calculus three. <laughs> and I also don't want to study a lot of science. So it's like maybe finance would be easy. So I submit, I want to study finance. And then I went to, I was sent to um, community college in Washington uh, for two, for actually one and a half years. Um, not, I mean, like I love Washington. Uh, it's just like, I think when you, when I was in community college, I didn't grow as much um, as I was in the university. So I was like, I need to finish community college as fast as I can so that I can go to the university and like grow, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, the two years program, I finished in one and three, one year and three months just because <laughs> I want to finish it as fast <laughs> as I can. And then uh, what makes me want Purdue University? Actually, uh, this is also a dumb <laughs> answer. <laughs> like uh, when I was like citing stuff, you know, when you like write a paper or anything, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, let's go to Purdue Alt um, and find how to like, you know, cite citation uh, methods and stuff, right? So mm-hmm. Purdue uh, OWL, I don't know if people call it Purdue All or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like my number one reference to write citation. Yeah. So <laughs> when I was like um, trying to like apply to university, I was like, Okay, because I um, probably because I, I think I have a decent, uh, I mean, CGPA. 
So I think that like, I can go like to any decent you know, like university, right? I mean, not like Harvard and stuff. So uh, still good university. So I was like, okay, why not? I, I applied to Purdue. I applied to like a few other universities actually. And, um, and then I got accepted to actually IU and also Purdue. Uh-oh. <laughs> <But> then, <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I know, right? And then I also want to take it easy because if I go to IU, I need to like apply again to go to the business school. Well, oh, so they have like I a two, school, like a two phase admission. You got to get into the school and get into the business school. Yes, yes, okay. exactly. And then at Purdue, I go straight away to the business school. So I was like, I'm just going to take the easy route, you know? Mm-hmm. So I go to Purdue and it's like the best decision I've made in my life. <laughs> why, why was Purdue? So that's how I go to Purdue. Not yeah. to- no, go ahead. Because um, why is Purdue like the best uh, decision I've made in my life? You yeah. Mean? Because I never thought I would be where I am right now. And I don't think I would be here in my position right now if I don't go to Purdue. So that's why. Because um, like, from business school and suddenly like this is a shift. <laughs> shift my- it might be a shift, no. right? <laughs> uh, but this is like a real, like, like, how can I go from business to fitness and combine it together and make it something else? You know, I don't think I would experience that if I go to IU. I don't know why. Um, maybe because like the business school there is just like too stressing. <laughs> but that's why I say like uh, my life at Purdue, it was a really, really balanced I think uh, I can balance my passion and also my um, my study at the same time, which is great, which I'm still grateful for until today. <laughs> hey, if going to Purdue is a dumb mistake, man, then you're doing the right thing because yeah. <laughs> like you mentioned, like Purdue is not just some university. It is a tremendous, you know, elite university. So the mm-hmm. fact that you were able to go there um, even IU, like, you know, I got to give them their credit, man. They're a phenomenal school. So you had great options at your disposal. And I know you definitely got the most you could out of Purdue. Um, now, so you go there for the business side of things or, or the finance side, because you mostly the, it was, the degree was kind of the secondary thing. You wanted to be in the U.S. to, you know, experience the States, experience what it's like to be here in America. How did you then start getting into fitness. And I remember, I remember when I, when I first met you, correct me if I'm wrong. The first time I met you was at a, at the time it was a corrective exercise workshop that you signed up for, right? It's like this free thing we offered. I think that was the first time we met, Mm -hmm. right? Correct. So how did you start getting into fitness? Was it, was it, you just started going to the gym and then you did that, or how did you kind of get into working out? Okay, so um, I started like fitness um, when I actually, I I was in Washington. So uh, actually when I was in Washington, I broke up with my ex-boyfriend who was in Malaysia. um, And then I was like, just like, you know, I was dumb again. (laughs) And I was just like crying out every single day. Uh, And at one point I was like, I cannot do it. Like, I can't be in my room and just cry, you know? 
I need to do something. I need to like find myself again, um, find my um, the confidence in myself, do something, you know, just move. So um, from there, actually, I started going like, not going to the gym. Um, I was just like using the treadmill for almost six months. Mm-hmm. running every single day um if i don't go running outside i would run in the gym so this that's basically everything that i do and then i remember i learned upright row okay <laughs> the upright row with, with the easy bar mm-hmm. so i was like oh cool this is one lifting that i know how to do and that's <laughs> the only thing i do so i was i would go to the gym um run run on the treadmill and use the easy bar to do upright <laughs> row. And that's all. That's the only exercise I know how to do. Because I don't know how to squat. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of things. I tried like I tried hip thrust at that time, like looking at like Instagram posts, you know, all these influences. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that's cool. Let's try. I was like, oh, this doesn't feel great. <laughs> so I was like, okay, upright row feels great. And I'm very, very comfortable in doing that. Um, I don't feel like intimidated at the gym. So I would just do upright row, like three sets of upright row. Um, at that time, I didn't even know what is sets, what is reps. That's how much, <laughs> like, I don't know about fitness. I was just like, I go, I know, I know how to run. I run, I do upright row, I go back mm-hmm. and repeat. And then um, I was, uh, I, because like, I like a lot of um, fitness stuff on my Instagram. So I think the algorithm um sent me a lot of fitness influences um all this nutrition stuff on my instagram and i become obsessed um which is not like a good thing if i think about it right now because i was like obsessed with like wanting to lose weight uh i was like okay um i'm gonna talk in kgs here <laughs> okay so i was i was All my like, americans think, you're gonna have to bear with her unfortunately but yeah. the metric system is more accurate uh, anyway so let's do it by 2.4 uh, 2.2 2. yeah yep. <laughs> so uh i was 62 kgs when i was um in washington when i first started um and all i want to do was lose weight okay because like I think that is how i'm gonna gain my confidence you know mm-hmm. uh, if i lose weight i'm gonna you know, be confidence. So that's why I run every single day. Um, I try not to eat. Um, I and also uh, and I do upright room, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, all all these Instagrams things go out, and you know, like how the people in the US they always like encourage you to eat more. Um, you know, try to have like a healthy relationship with food. And I just like, I, I, I like that idea, but I just cannot implement it in my life. Mm-hmm. So actually, I lose almost 10 kgs. Actually, it's, it's 10 kgs. I lose 10 kgs um, in that six months. Um, and I still don't love myself. That's the thing. Okay. That's the thing that I realized. Um, I lose the weight because I was like, okay, maybe if I'm like 55 kgs, I would love myself more. And then I, I became 55 and then I was like, you know, I don't love myself. I still think I'm fat. Um, and then I was like, I'm going to lose more weight. And then um, 
again, I restrict myself from eating a lot of food uh, and then I lose again to like 52. And then at, at, at that point, I was like, I'm still not loving myself. And I just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like running every single day, uh, not eating enough food. I tried intermittent fasting that is, and that was like the worst, <laughs> the worst week of my life because um, as a morning person, like I wake up very early and not getting to eat anything until 12 noon. It was a really hard thing for me. And I, I have been eating breakfast all my life. Mm-hmm. So um, I tried all these different diets and all that stuff. And I know um, it, it, it's not working. And then I start to like just eating, eating like a lot. Um, and I gain more and more weight um, up to, I think I was like uh, 58 or something like that. And then that is when I actually uh, was like, oh, I don't want to lose weight anymore. I'm just like, can I just be happy? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because um, all this stuff, all this like losing and gaining weight is all this stuff is not making me happy. So I was like, can I just be happy? So um, that's what my fitness goal was. Um, I just want to be happy. I started uh, lifting a little bit. Just I think I only learned how to squat and I don't know anything else. I tried to bench. Um, I cannot even bench the bar. <laughs> so I, I was like too afraid to try again. Um, and then I went back to Malaysia. Uh for like three months uh, before I go to Purdue. And then at Purdue, okay, when I was at Purdue uh, in the beginning, I also didn't know what is sets, what is reps. Uh, I have no idea what the heck is that. And I just like squat. I think I squat a lot. <laughs> uh, every Squat's time a I good exercise, it, man. I know. I uh, And that's what I'm confident with. So I squat a lot. Um and I still don't count reps. I don't know what is progressive overload. Um, but I remember I actually learned how to bench from one of the fitness consultants. Um, Rauna. Is, am I saying his name right? Say Rauna. again. Rauna. Oh, um, I don't know. Oh, if that I'm doesn't feel bad. I think you're yeah. saying it correct. Yeah. So um, I was just like, I, I, I was uh, like, trying to ask them how to like do stuff but I'm just like so scared so I think like I took a whole week to just find the energy to ask them how to like do bench mm-hmm. and then um so he showed me how to do bench and I was like oh cool <laughs> I can bench the bar now yeah uh, yeah I remember the last time I said I cannot bench the bar so mm-hmm. and I can bench the bar and then that is when I was like started to like learn a little bit about um, other exercises along the way. And then uh, I just like love to see all the workshop and just try something new. So that's why I go to the exercise workshop. And mm-hmm. that also changed my life for good. <laughs> Can you imagine how much you changed my life? <laughs> I remember that was the, the, like I mentioned, that was one of the first times yeah. that, that was the first time that we met. That and was then the first time that we met. I don't even yeah. think you were a fitness consultant at that point. I think you were just what? a student. I said, I don't think you were a fitness consultant at that yeah, point. No, you were no, just no. a student. Yeah. I was, a, I was just a student who doesn't know what I'm doing. So it's just like, why not we go to the exercise workshop, corrective exercise workshop. 
So and it's free. So yeah. why not free? <laughs> can't yeah. can't beat and, that man. And I was in a group with you because you group people, right? Mm-hmm. And then like you were my PT. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that's and I was like always intimidated with all trainers. Because I think like um, they are judging me. I mean, they are not. Uh, now I'm a trainer. Now that I know that we don't judge people, we don't judge their form. We just want to make it better. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel actually with like fitness consultant and um, personal trainers when I first started. So I was like, oh no, the uh, the blue the blue shit guy. I don't yeah. want to squat now. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna wait and <laughs> and then it pass by, and then I'm gonna squat. Uh, which I think um need to we need to like tell more people because maybe there are people that feel the same way that I did. Um, just feel felt so intimidated to do things, uh, because they are afraid people are gonna judge. But now as a trainer, like I understand that we don't judge people. We just love to see them trying something new. Uh, and if we can help them to like make it any better, we would. That's all. So That's do not be <laughs> Yeah. And I know that they're, you know, I would say that's what a good trainer doesn't judge people. Right. Cause we know there's just like in any profession, there's, there's good yeah. and bad um, or there's better and worse examples of the profession. Mm-hmm. So I've heard horror stories of, you know, people interacting with trainers and the things they say. And I'm like, I can't believe they've actually said those things. So I understand the fear that people have of maybe judgment from trainers, but just know that you find yourself a good trainer like Nor. They're not there to judge you. They're there to help you. They're there to be your cheerleader. They're there to walk you through every step of the way. And Mm -hmm. I want to really quickly go on a little tangent here because that story you just outlined with, you know, thinking, oh, my confidence will be better when I lose weight. That is a universal feeling. It does happen for men too, but just anecdotally, I could say, and I guess like societally, women have this, I think, perception from media, from the way we're taught that you will feel better when you lose weight. And I know you, you don't need to lose weight. I've seen you before. So thinking that you lost 10 kilograms, like, you know, 22 plus pounds, I can't even imagine that you've lost that much weight, you you know, because you didn't have much weight to lose anyway. So, <laughs> but it's a common thing, right? Whether, you know, determining a, a, a what's considered a normal or a healthy way for someone's a complicated thing, right? Um, different people, different anatomy, different genetics, they're going to be at different weights. We have rough estimates, but we know BMI isn't the not necessarily best indicator, but we can use things like waist circumference and body fat percentage to say, Hey, this is a good, healthy place to be to make sure that we're, you know, protecting ourselves against disease like cardiovascular or metabolic disease. But at the end of the day, we want to make sure, like, are we getting our regular exercise? Are we happy? Does our body feel good? And, you know, overall, are we having healthy measures otherwise, like controlling blood pressure and any other things that we might have going on? Um, but the narrative is that once you lose weight, even if you don't have weight to lose, once you fit into those pants, right? Once you go one notch smaller on the belt, once you get in that bikini, your confidence is going to go up and maybe it will for a minute. Maybe you put on something and you get into fit into something smaller and maybe for a moment you do. And I'm not trying to discourage weight loss by any means. I would never do that for people who are, you know, understandably so trying to lose weight to better their lives because it would make them, you know, healthier. I'm not saying that at all. 
But what I am saying is even if you are someone who is trying to lose weight for the right reasons, know that just because the weight comes off, it doesn't necessarily mean that the confidence will come by itself because you have to develop a love for yourself, which yes, comes with taking care of yourself, feeding yourself, not starving yourself, right? Because that's not a long-term solution. Enjoying the exercise that you're doing, finding other things that are meaningful in your life, like being social with friends, finding hobbies that you like, having relationships that you enjoy, um, you know, enjoying your job or finding meaning in your job. Those are the things that are going to make you happy and be more confident, not mm-hmm. just purely did the scale go down a pound or two. Mm-hmm. And I really like the phrase, um, you can love your body and still want to change it, you know? 1000% nor I always yeah. tell, I'm, I'm sorry, I want to let you finish, but I have to say this, right? This goes to judgment. The number on the scale does not change your worth as a human being. True. Meaning just because you're, I'm using an example, five foot six, 300 pounds versus when you're five foot six, 150 pounds, your value as a human being did not change. You are still valuable. You're still an important person. You still have people who love you. What does matter for yourself is your health. And you can love yourself and work on loving yourself better as you're changing. Because hopefully, in some capacity, we're trying to change, evolve, and grow all the time. Mm-hmm. True. Nor did you want to add to that? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no, um, what you're saying, I, I agree. Um, and it's just like I, I always stick to that phrase um, of like, you can love yourself you can love your body and still want to change it because I think it's very, very important. Um, I got a lot of questions whenever I do like um, Q&A on my Instagram. Um, there are a couple of times I got a question on like, how can I be more confident? Uh, I'm fat and I have lots of pimples. And I was like, find the values in you instead of like waiting for you to like be, lose some weights, um, get a, like a flawless skin to be confident because like the mm-hmm. confidence always comes in from, from the inside. It doesn't come from like your appearance and then you become confident. Um, I mean, it does just a little bit. I think um, of course, when I put some makeup on, I am more confident compared to like when I'm not on my makeup. Of course, but, we're visual creatures at the end of the day. Like there's no, there's yeah. no escaping that part. Understandably mm-hmm. so. But like you need to find the values in you, what you can bring to the world to make it a better place for even for like a single person or even for a cat, you know, mm-hmm. how can you make the world a better place for something or someone? Um, and the values, that is what you need to like find and like um, know what you have uh, in order for you to help other people. And I always say like, if you take care of your health or like if you want to lose weight, you know, um, be healthy. Uh, this will just add more values in you because like when you are healthy, you can help more people, you can live longer, hopefully, and just like bring more goods to the world. So um, yes, you aim to be healthy, you aim to lose weight, but just remember that just that will just add more value in you, but it doesn't mean that you don't have any more any value at all you have or you already have your values um taking care of your health with 
will just bring more values in you. Yeah. 1000%. <laughs> and losing weight to be, to serve yourself, to be healthier. If you are someone who in fact would benefit from losing weight is just one way of you to improve your health. True. What are you doing to help with your psychological health? Right. Something that thankfully mm-hmm. is being talked about a lot more. How are you mitigating stress or, you know, dealing with your emotions in terms of finding ways to regulate your mood better? How are you with your sleep? How are you with your relationship with food? How strong are you? Because we know strength is an important thing that people should work on um, because it's overlooked quite a bit. A lot of people, roughly half the people in the United States get their cardiovascular exercise, but only about a quarter get their resistance training. So we know that resistance training is kind of forgotten about because it's to some people scary, intimidating, or there's a perception that it's going to hurt them. Um, but are we getting stronger? So know that weight loss for specific people is just one part of health. There's a multitude of things that you can work on to try and improve your overall being. Mm -hmm. True. True. Now, so you talked a little bit about being a fitness consultant, right? Working at Purdue. What, what made you apply for that job? Um, oh, the fitness consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually I went to like a conference. Uh, it's called a Barbara Leadership, Barbara Doster Leadership Conference. Um, it was like in, for the business school students. And I was um, there, we was just like, um, I think it was like a two days conference. And we just talk about, um, you know, go for the things that you want, okay? What are your goals? So we did a SMART goal, okay? And everyone, okay, literally everyone next to me in my group, everyone says that they, you know, all all this business stuff. (laughs) Um, And then when we are making SMART goals, and they, they would talk about investment, about all, yeah, about business basically. And I was like, that that thing, I love it. I just, it doesn't, I never wake up one day and feel like, hey, I'm so excited to do this analysis for what I want to invest in stocks today. You know, I never wake <laughs> up like that. Um, I can learn that. Uh, I think it's very, very beneficial um, for your financial but I never, I, I'm, I just never wake up feeling excited about it. So, um, I was the only person who actually wrote my smart goals on how to, on how I want to be a personal trainer, like when I want to get certified. This is yeah. So, and then everyone was when we were sharing in the groups, everyone was wow, this is like so different, right? Yeah. Um, and then I was like. Yeah, but I'm just, I think that was like the bravest thing I did because I don't know why we were set in a group. Um, we don't choose our group mates. And out of all people, I was the only group where I was the only girl. And there are like, I think four or five other guys in my group. Okay. Uh, and we have, I was a, I was like a, I was a sophomore that time. And we have two um, mentors uh, who are a senior and they very encouraged me to do what I love because they see how passionate I, I was. 
um, when I when I tell my story. So uh, I I need to thank him too because he always uh, his name is Matthew. He always check out on me. Uh, like oh how, 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 is it, <laughs> yeah, how is it going with like your goals and stuff like that? I was like any other mentors in that conference might not ask like the yeah um, mentees right after the, the, the conference. Mm-hmm. It was only a two days conference and we don't spend like 24 hours um, with us. But I think like I was like very vulnerable in that group. So he always check out on me. Um, even even after he graduated, he still check out on me. Uh, and I told him, I, I'm, I am a person trader now. <laughs> and he was like, wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is how uh, I, I know I want to become a personal trainer, but I just don't know where to start. Um, how did you I, know that you wanted to be a trainer? Like what, like here you are, you're in, you're in a different country. You're in the middle of Indiana. You have a couple experiences that you like with the gym. Why did you want to be a personal trainer specifically? What was calling uh, you? Because I think uh, I have, a, I, I have a story uh, of how like I lose weight and not be confident and all. Mm-hmm. And I know um, there's a lot of people, especially in Malaysia, that also feel the same way. Um, and we have lack of people, especially women, in this field to help them with that. So I was like, I need to be that person. Um, so I need to do something, even though I am learning something else. You know, I'm, I'm studying finance. Uh, and to be honest, like I, I get like I think my family wasn't really happy about it. <laughs> I was gonna say that has to be tough. Uh, yeah, uh, even me going to the gym, my family doesn't really like it. But I, I'm the last. Uh, I'm the youngest in my family, and you know the youngest is the most stubborn usually, right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> uh, and I just like okay, yeah, you don't like it. I still go yeah. um, to the gym. And then I applied the fitness consultant, even though I know, um, you know, I, I think I wasn't, I thought I wasn't qualified for that because um, I need a CPR, right? Mm-hmm. And I actually took the CPR course way before like I applied the fitness consultant because I thought I need to like have the CPR certificate first, mm-hmm. then apply. Uh, so I was like, yeah, let's just apply. I don't know. If I don't try, I don't know what will happen. And I remember you emailed me saying that, oh, we don't have any like vacancies right now mm-hmm. at, at first. And, and we haven't met that time. Uh, so you just emailed me because I, I applied way before then. Um, and then after we met, you encouraged, you also encouraged me like to apply for the fitness consultant position because you said you started with uh, being a fitness consultant. Mm-hmm. And that is like when, um, yeah, I started to learn a lot because I think like our friends, they helped me a lot. I learned a lot. I learned about hypertrophy. I learned about reps, sets, all that stuff with all <laughs> our friends. Uh, I don't think I would learn that much if I just like, because I, I, I'm not that kind of person who like just Google stuff. Hey, what is that? What is rep? No, um, what is hypertrophy? I, I need to have that that outside pressure uh, so that I learn. So when um, someone talks to like 
whoever works with me about like oh what can I do to make my squat better and stuff like that so like I go back and google like oh okay like knees came in what the heck is that you know because yeah. <laughs> I need to know something uh because I'm a fitness consultant right I don't want to be there and like be so like look so dumb not knowing anything mm-hmm. just like standing right there with my blue shirt so um I, I love the outside pressure that I get. Um, nobody gives that pressure to me. I just give it to myself. Um, and I just start to learn more, ask people more. Um, and actually, you remember, I uh, I signed up for the Olympic weightlifting class. Yes, I do with uh, Claire teaching yeah. time, right? So the thing is, when I... <laughs> also the funny thing, okay? Uh, I don't know what is Olympic weightlifting. Okay, I don't know at all. I just thought I was like, okay, I'm just gonna learn how to lift something, right? And this is cool. I need to learn how to lift weights. So I, I sign up for that, not knowing I'm gonna snatch and clean and jerk. <laughs> so that was like, I think funny, but it's also a life changer um, because I feel more uh, comfortable, especially in the platform room. I would never ever put my foot in there if I didn't go to the Olympic weightlifting class. Uh, so with that, I think like I learned a lot. Um, I learned to, you know, embrace and like uh, celebrate all my progress, even just a little bit, because I couldn't even snatch the 15 pound, you know, 35 pounds bar. Mm-hmm. I cannot even snatch that at first. Um, I was using the training bar the 15 pounds bar or I think 20, I don't remember, but I was just snatching that. I was just clean and jerking that. Um, and then I just like celebrate every little things that happened. Oh, I got to snatch the bar today, you yeah. know, all that stuff. Uh, and that from there, I, I, I feel more and more confident being at the gym because I know, I kind of know what I do. Uh, and then, that is when I start going outside uh, to like learn stuff with dumbbells and stuff. Um, if not, I'm just going to do squats um, all my life. <laughs> I, I, you should, I'm going to be doing squats till the day they put me in the yeah. dirt. Man. I'm going to be doing yeah. them. My funeral. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Bring the rack to the funeral. Cause I will <laughs> yeah. So, and that's what, that's kind of the cool thing, right? So, started from the first interaction I saw you, um, which is cool. Cause I didn't know that story about the smart goals. That's a really cool story to know about and how you kind of want to work with, you know, you had an experience and we'll get more as we will talk a little bit more about as we get into, you know, barbell of mine going into like, you know, what you do specifically and like kind of your mission, but taking your experience as a woman in weightlifting or a woman who's trying to get active and taking the negative experience that you had, and trying to be like, maybe I can provide positive experiences for people as a coach, as a trainer to help them better themselves. Going to the uh, corrective exercise workshop, becoming a fitness consultant, and then going to the weightlifting or the Olympic weightlifting class. So you're starting to, you know, dip your feet in, get, get yourself a little experience in all these other places, just trying to, you know, find any which way you can to just gain more knowledge and get more comfortable. That ultimately brings you to the ACE prep course, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that experience like? Love it. I think if I just study the textbook, I also would 
will not be who I am today. Um, and I was like, uh, I think there was also like a pressure for me to get the certificate before I graduate because in Malaysia, it's so expensive. It's so expensive. It's like five times more expensive. Really? Than, yeah. Wow. Um, for the same for the same course um, with just nine class, I think nine classes, and then you go to the exams. And I have people that DM me um, asking how I got my certification and stuff. Uh, and this is people from Malaysia. And I feel sorry for them because first they pay a lot. And like one of them actually like didn't pass. And I was like, that's a lot to pay to like retake the exam, right? Yeah. And because they don't get the same experience as I what I get. Um, you know, we work with real people, even though it was just like our classmates. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we I still remember it was like so funny to just train Tammy. Yes. My, you know, I was like, hey, Tammy, how are you? How's your grandkids? Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. uh, between each other. But um, I think that is like one thing that we cannot get anywhere else. Um, I just hope that more people or like more um, institution would do this. And I actually like, I hope practical things is also included in like the certification itself, you know, because you yeah. can, you can read the textbook, you can remember, memorize everything and, and still pass, but it doesn't make you a good trainer, you know? 1000 um, or if I know you've only, you know, haven't seen the last couple of podcasts, but you know, and I know people are going to get tired of me saying it, but it's very, very true. Anyone can read a textbook and take an exam and pass it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you know how to interact with and train a human being. True, true. And that practical experience from the course, while not perfect, right? Because we use, you know, mock clients and examples, you can't replace that experience. And if if it were possible, I know it's another barrier to entry. So I always go back and forth on this one because, you know, if people have to be in person, that means less people are going to sign up. I get that. But if every trainer just had, even if it was just a day, just a day where it's like, we're going to learn about rapport building, assessments, programming, and like client interaction. If there was just like a, a one day, six to eight hour seminar that you were like required to go to after you got your cert or like while you're studying for your cert, I think that would make just a world of difference for people. True, true. Because the textbook don't teach much about the 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 communication side of thing how to make people not feel intimidated when they meet you um how to make them them feel more comfortable to like mm-hmm. talk about their problems and like how we can help them to achieve their goals um the textbook don't teach that uh the exam doesn't include that so it really is another skill that we need to learn and um one of the things that we can do is like learn from experience, of course. Mm-hmm. But imagine how many people we have like make, make them intimidated <laughs> to learn that process in yeah. a way. I'm still learning. I'm still learning with all my clients. I'm still striving to get better every single day, especially in the communication side of things. But I think um, 
what we learned, what we did in the practical, um, it helps me a lot to like just start. Not, I mean, yeah, for the basic thing, it helps me a lot already. So I'm very, very grateful for what I what um the price that I pay is really, really worth it. <laughs> um, compared to like the five times more expensive. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and not getting the same experience. So really, really grateful for that. And I, I just hope that, like, yeah, as you say, I think um, your idea would change the world so much. If you I just one day <laughs> of just how to, like, interact with, like, your clients. It does. It does. Just trying to shift things over here. Hopefully, we'll figure it out one day. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> You go through the prep course, mm-hmm. you finish it, you mm-hmm. get accepted and you become a personal trainer for Purdue's Recreation and Wellness Center. So now that dream, that goal that you wrote down mm-hmm. is finally realized. That's mm-hmm. a rare feeling for people because, you know, sometimes for some people, unfortunately, dreams don't always come true. So what was that feeling like getting the job as a personal trainer at the rec? And ultimately passing your ACE exam. What did that feel like? Oh, uh, wow. I, I think I jump when I get, you know, you, you get the result immediately mm-hmm. after the exam, right? Yep. And I was like, I was so happy. Um, I was driving from, I, I took the exam at Ivy Tech. Mm-hmm. So it was like quite a long drive to go back to my home. And I was just like smiling the whole <laughs> and like singing. I don't remember what I what I what I listened to, but like I was just singing. I was like, that was like the best day of my life, I thought. But but okay. <laughs> um I thought once I'm the kind of person, okay, who is uh who always say, like, okay, once I get this, I can do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, like once I I lose weight, I'm going to gain confidence. And then same thing with like um, the fitness stuff. I was like, once I get the certification, I got the credential, right? People trust me. I can go to the social media and like talk about fitness because I, I'm credible. Um, and I don't feel that. Um, and then I, I face the imposter syndrome. which. <laughs> That's a very common thing again, man. It's very common. I was was about to change people's life. What if I change people's life to the worst, (laughs) not to the better, right? What if I don't give results to my clients? Um, I start to like question myself. um, And then I started like, even when I want to like share stuff on social media, I started to feel like I have a lot of like good friends who are like trainers. Um, who are really, really good at their job, who knows what they're doing, who have programmed like thousands of programs and just don't say much on, on Instagram. So who am I to actually like say a lot on Instagram and, you know, like try to be like smarter than them? That was like my mindset at that time. Mm-hmm. So it, it took me so long to actually like share the stuff that I know because I, I felt intimidated um, with other trainers. I mean, they are really, really good people. Really, I really love them. I just felt intimidated um, because I think they are very, very smart. Um, 
and I am not in the best position to like share all this stuff because I think they uh, would say it better than I can, um, which is very, very wrong. Uh, I think even though as a beginner, uh, and that is like what I'm trying to like work on myself every single day to uh, do not wait for the perfect time to actually start doing something. I, I should have started talking about fitness, um, about like workouts and stuff, even before I, I become a personal trainer. Because, uh, you know, there are a lot of other people who know zero about fitness and they just want to, you know, learn something new. Yeah. But all but a lot of like good people, very good at programming, very good at like, um, you know, uh, training people. They just don't share stuff. So why don't you, you share your knowledge? Because like you have the platform, uh, you want you know what you want. I, I know I want to build like a business in fitness. Uh, so why don't you just share? Uh, but it took me so long to just like find the energy to do that. Um, but I mean, I, I think I progress a lot from, <laughs> from I'd the say day so. The- yeah, from the first day that I uh, I was certified, uh, it was January 2020. So it was not long ago. Um, a lot of people was very, very, sh- uh, they, don't, they don't believe that I was certified in January 2020 because like, they, they look at me and say like, oh, I thought you were um, for like, you, you, you be- have become a personal trainer for so long already. I was like, Ah uh, no, actually, I did, and Barbella, I just started in January, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. But when once you come um, to the social media and just be confident, of course, you need to still keep on learning. Um, but present yourself, be confident, share what you know, not what you don't know. Um, people are gonna see you as like uh, the person who they trust about mm-hmm. fitness, so that's what happened and i see like if i go out on instagram people are going to follow me people are going to dm me asking like hey um can you check my squad or whatever it is right uh just talk to me about fitness but if i don't if i still like in my mindset one year ago i would just like nobody would trust me right even though i have like the is certified personal trainer on my profile, nobody's gonna trust me because I don't show up. So one thing that I learned is just you need to show up, tell people what you know, yep. and be confident because there are a lot of people who knows zero about fitness and they need to know something. Okay, they need to start. Like uh, when I first uh, wanting to like do all the contents, I was like, everybody knows how to squat. I'm gonna show squat like in a lot of videos like why would i just copy like you know everyone is showing youtube mm-hmm. is showing how to do squats everyone is showing how to do squat but i think um the person your personality is what people are gonna love the most yes so um just show up just show up as you are still working on it but trying we're <laughs> <laughs> well, doing a good job and you touched on a few key points First one, I'll kind of kick off with a quote, which kind of relates to everything you said. The quote goes something, I I can't remember the person who made it, which is going to piss me off, but if you Google it, you'll find it. And it goes something like this. We live in a world where 
those who are intelligent think they know nothing and those who are dumb think they know everything. True. It's unfortunate because oftentimes people who may not be as informed or may not have the education Mm -hmm. sometimes can get away with being confident and can be on a platform and just give information, give information, whether it's good information or not. My personal opinion, the hallmark of a true professional is someone that does question what they know, not necessarily being, you know, not confident, but having the ability to say, man, I have a lot of power as a trainer, right? With this certificate, I can now give advice. I can prescribe exercise. I can work with someone to help change their life, right? So it's a lot of power. And when people who truly care realize that, it's intimidating and serious. It's like, I can be the person or the catalyst or the resource for people to work towards changing their life and realizing their goals. That's a lot of pressure and responsibility on yourself. And then on top of that, it's like you said, right? The imposter syndrome, which is a very common thing. It's like, here I am at Purdue again, you know, for those who don't know about Purdue, it's a very competitive, very academic based school. Um, I know it's primarily engineering agricultural, but there is also a phenomenal health and kinesiology department. Um, And there were some really, really smart, talented, competent trainers on staff. And I know for a new trainer, that can be intimidating. It's like, wow, there's 40 other people on staff and half of them are going to like, cause they're getting ready to graduate. Like half of them are going here and getting this internship and getting this job. And they know this much, they've been training this long. That's all very intimidating, but here's the key. And Nor said it, this is kind of like the second point is even if you feel like you're being an imposter, as long as you're doing so, or you're going to share the content in a genuine manner with the information you have in a way that you're trying to positively impact people, that's how you know you're moving in the right direction. So you take what knowledge you have and you start posting, you start spreading the word, you start providing education, you start providing services to people. And then along the way, you'll learn more, you'll gain more experience and you can refine and tweak, but you have to keep going. You have to start doing, and I'll never forget. I think it was in the beginning of COVID when I got stuck at home. I want to say maybe back in April or March, and you were just creating content. You were starting to get into the habit of creating content for, for, you know, you'd come up with a name and (laughs) yeah. And it was like, you got stuck on this one part, which is like, I don't know what to do with the logo. I don't know like what exactly yeah. to do with it. And you were stuck on the logo for a minute. And I was like, something along the lines of like, Nor, you can make it. And this comes from one of my mentors, Lucas Woody. I'm like, you know, no one cares what the Nike logo is, right? No one cares what the McDonald's logo is. They remember it because of the, the product and the service they provide. Make something that is, you know, visually appealing. Make something that you think is cool. But that at the end of the day, what matters is your mission and what you want to do. And you just got to pick something and start rolling with it and start making content. And I think after that conversation or a few others we had, you're like, I'm just going to start doing the damn thing. I'm just going to start taking action and run with it. Yeah. I love your motto, like do the damn thing. Do the damn thing. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's the only way that is the, that is the only way to do it. It will, because you're, you're like me in a lot of senses that you're a perfectionist. In, in some regards, right? It's like, it has to be perfect. I have to have all the knowledge. I have to have all the things. It has to be completely aligned and ready to go. 
It's never going to be. It, sure. And you have to, and people don't like to hear that because they're like, well, no, then it's just going to be shitty work. And it's not going to be like, you know, it's, it's not going to be a good product that I put in front of people. Make it the best that you can, but don't wait forever. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too. Like we're in a field where information is constantly changing. So you could do all your research. You can be a good trainer. You can do your due diligence to make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's. But then five years later, some new research comes out and everything you once thought changes at the drop of a hat. True. Once I, once I realized that, how, how just we're in a field that deals with people and science and science and, and how we understand people evolves over time. Once I became comfortable with like, there's a chance that everything I said might be wrong one day and that's okay. Cause I'll correct myself when the time comes. Once I could do that, life got so much easier and making content and providing education and positioning myself and my confidence and my view of myself as a professional who can work towards helping people changed tremendously. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time we called, you actually say like, do not think about the, the fun. I can remember that until today, like whenever I want to like, um, do stories or anything. Right. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this one is not pretty. This one is not, this one, you know, like I was like, wasting too much time on the things that yep. doesn't bring it's it's like eye-catching it's gonna be eye-catching like but it doesn't bring values that much to right. people to like the thing that i want to say so up till today i was like and and i think this is also like a really good learning process because once you start making content it become more and more easier mm-hmm. um for example, because it's like, a skill you know, like anything else you have to do you have yeah, to do repetitions true and you finally you're going to stick with like one or two fonts right exactly but the, the process to get to that font is just like okay this one is not cute this one is okay uh, but i don't see the, the words that much you know all the overthinking thing yes stop us from like doing what we should do um which is like educating people and i just want to tell you like one funny not funny um i still feel guilty for that (laughs) but uh like i said to you right i always Mm -hmm. i'm the kind of person who always say like once i do this i will do this once i get this i will do this okay so i was like okay i'm gonna like show up on a lot right on my instagram and i was like i'm gonna make a youtube video educating people and stuff and i was like I'm going to wait until like I got a good, you know, a good equipment to film myself, mm-hmm. um, to film my workout. So I was using that excuse to actually not doing contents for yeah. a very, very long time. And I was like, when I have enough money, um, I bought like a really, really good camera mm-hmm. okay, for recording and stuff. And I spent a lot of money for that. Um, <laughs> but then... The camera is there. I'm not using it. Everything is with my phone. Yeah. So I was like, why am I? Because like with that thing, I was like, because okay. you think it's got to be perfect. You got to have everything ready and you start preparing and then you yeah. don't end up doing and it. And then I just realized that I don't know how to use that camera. That much. <laughs> um, of course, I can learn. Uh, I'm still like, I just need to like find the motivation, the motivation to learn yeah. how to use the camera. Cause I, I think it's not my priority right now, but I think I know it's going to be useful for, for me one day, but 
um, I think the, the yeah, I, I still feel guilty for that because I spent a lot of money for that and not using it. And I, I just made contents with my phone, um, which, you know, are with me and so much easier to use. Um, and that's why I, that's what I always tell my clients: do not wait for anything. You know, do not wait for the perfect time because the nope. perfect time is actually right now. Okay, um, even when they want to start their program or anything, right? And like, oh, I'm just gonna wait until like the semester ends so I have like more time to work out. I was like, no, you need to find, you need to do it now mm-hmm. so that once the semester starts again, you know how to. Um, you know, manage your time and fit in your workout with in your schedule, you know? Yes. If you learn all this stuff when you are in a semester break, three months not doing anything, and of course, you have 24 hours for yourself, you can do all the workouts, but once you go back to school, it's not, you're not going to do anything because you don't know how to manage time yeah. when the school starts. So that's why I always tell people, like, do not wait for the right time. The right time is right now. The right and time I is right now. That is absolutely right. I'm saying it to myself too. Okay. The right time is right now. Uh, yeah. So, and, and I always um, keep in mind that the first, whatever thing that we do, okay. The first time we do something scary, it's not going to be the best um, thing that we do. So like for videos, okay. The first video that we make, it's not going to be the best video, but it will get better over time. So that's why if you don't start now, you're going to take longer long, and longer times to be better. And even with like my business, I'm not confident with like Barbella at first. Uh, I'm still, I, I am still not, but I'm just like faking it, fake it, fake it to, to make it, right? You got it. Um, That's right. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> because if I don't start now, I know in Malaysia, I can see in Malaysia right now, people are starting to like learn and um aware about like strength training in women Mm. so i know if i don't start now if i wait for like another four years five years i'm gonna have a lot of competition which is Mm -hmm. good this healthy but um to be in this field and like for people to like know you first i need to Mm -hmm. start right now so that's why at first I, i was thinking um maybe i should um find a job in finance first and just do this as a part-time thing. And then uh, I think I told you this before, right? I, I, I want to work in finance. I don't want to work in finance, but I just gonna work, I'm just going to work in finance and do this as a part-time thing. Mm-hmm. And um, once I'm, I'm stable enough, I will do this full-time. But the thing is, uh, first right now, it's very, very hard to get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, the working in finance in Malaysia is crazy because I have a lot of seniors um, that I know studying in the US that works in finance now. They go to work at like 7.30 a.m. Um, facing the traffic. Uh, there are a lot of traffic here <laughs> during like <laughs> peak hours, right? And then uh, you go back home at like 8, 8 p.m. the yeah. earliest. Or like nine sometimes. So you're doing so twelve hour like, days at least. Yeah. So it's like if you if you want to work with a good company, uh what I'm saying, like if you want to good with a good com- work with a good company, that's your sacrifices that you need to face. I mean, it's good money, but it's also like 
a really huge sacrifice. And yeah. I was thinking that if I work in finance, I go back home at 8 p.m. All I want to do is just eat dinner, shower, and sleep. Okay. Yeah. Um, where where would I put my workout? Like the gym is not open before. Uh, gym here is not open at 5:30 a.m. Like <laughs> like Purdue, right? Well, we open at like eight. Some gyms open at 10. <laughs> so like, oh, there is no way I can go to the gym before that. And there's no way I'm gonna go to the gym after that because like I am just exhausted from the from work. And when am I when am I gonna program people program my clients if I want to do this part time? So that's why I was like, okay, let's just try this. And I would say like I am I am currently making like a fresh grad you know salary, which is very very month per month, mm-hmm. which is um good. But of of course I can't. Um, always strive for better uh, income. Uh, so I'm currently focusing on like on the business side and also like on the coaching side itself. Uh, I call myself a CEO, so Chief Everything Officer. That's right. So I'm the boss. <laughs> I'm the boss, but I'm also the one who need to like. Oh, I need to edit videos. I need to like edit pictures. Your boss, your marketing, <laughs> yeah. your your video yeah. and audio, your yeah. everything. Head coach. <laughs> I'm chief every officer, uh, but and there are things that I like to do. There are things that I don't like to do, like editing stuff. I don't like to do it. Finding good angles, you know, to record myself. I don't like it. But that actually pressures me to like work even harder so that one day I can outsource them the stuff that I don't like to other people. You know, yeah. I I just wake up every single day, even if I need to edit videos. I was like. One day you do not have to do this. You just need to do this right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, work on this right now, so that one day you can hire someone else to do this for you. So um, I'm very yeah. So that's like my my prime mover for what I'm doing right now. Uh, even though it's exhausting, but I really love the flexibility uh, that I have. Like right mm-hmm. now, everyone else is at the office. And I'm not, and I can um, still do uh, at my own pace. Uh, I like to go to the gym in the morning. That I always say, right? Uh, so I can still go to the gym in the morning, uh, not crowded at all. I love it. <laughs> Just and I love to see all my clients. All my clients, most of my clients are just working. Uh, working out at home. Actually, all my clients are working out at home. Only one person works out at the gym. So, um, trying to find the niche, okay. Uh, and in Malaysia, it's like the the biggest uh, niche I can see is that people who don't know how to work out at all, and we just teach them how to work out, right? Yeah. So, most of my clients are working out at home, um, and. Yeah, trying to find. Uh, so that's why I say like I don't have to be like this the best train, not the best trainer. Like I don't have to learn like how I want to like um, program a powerlifter with like a people who just started, right? Mm-hmm. So it gives. Um, I love my job a lot right now. Uh, seeing people achieve their fitness goal or like progressing towards their fitness goals it just makes me so happy and I just like I am so excited to wake up every single day 
and change lives. That's what I love um, about my job a lot. I don't know what we are talking about at first, but I love <laughs> No, that's okay. Uh, I like that term though, CEO, uh, chief everything officer. I like yeah. that a lot. The um, I'm the same way. Like I do, I go back and forth. I like content because it's a creative outlet. So it's fun to like make certain things like this is fun, but like the editing for this is almost zero, right? It's I set up everything, which takes a minute. I hit the record button. And then when I'm done, I open up this, you know, little app I use and I edit some stuff, which takes like, again, two or three minutes. Um, I can't wait because I have so many wonderful ideas and could I learn it? 1000% I could learn it. Um, I definitely know I'm, I can tell this is out of my like, domain of like what I work well with. Um, I could probably learn to edit YouTube videos to some extent, but for me, like it's my artistic, like ability, like caps at a certain point. And I can only, you know, I have all these great ideas and it's hard to implement them because I don't have that artistic vision that some people do. And it's very, it is time consuming, right? Like the amount of time I spent, it sounds silly, but like when I do, you know, a full week's worth of content, whether it's Instagram and like making sure I come up with good topics, making sure it's written out properly, making sure I record it, making sure it's good takes, making sure this is here, making sure all my canvas stuff is done. Like I'm spending, you know, you can roughly assume that each post is, you know, 30 minutes to an hour of content. Mm-hmm. That's a lot, right? It'd be, it'd be great if I had someone that's like, Hey, I want to do a cool like YouTube video about like speed training. Like, can you record me doing some stuff and talking and then you handle the rest? Sure. Like I can't wait for that day. It's going to happen. But yeah, as of right now, we're doing everything and we're doing the best that we can. So you are also the CEO. Oh, I am the CEO as well. I am the founder, head coach, you know, marketing expert of the Shift Method Fitness and Education LLC. That's right. That's right. I'm the coffee maker, you know. The coffee maker. That's that's actually the most important role. Uh, yeah. I don't have coffee with me right now, but when boss needs <laughs> coffee, I make sure boss has coffee. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. to kind of, we've talked, we touched a little bit about Barbell and my. So, uh-huh. before we go into like some specifics about it, I want to kind of ask you, what would you say is your favorite part about being a coach specifically, or being a personal trainer? Like, what is it that you know, you talked about like why you want to do it, but what's your favorite part that you've realized now that you've been a coach for a little bit? Favorite part. Um, I think it's when people don't just look at the skill and they find confidence, you know, they feel confidence in their body. Mm-hmm. I think that is my favorite part. When once I got my clients say like, um, I don't lose any weight, but I lose inch. And I'm so happy about it. And I was like, yes, that's my girl. Mm-hmm. That's my girl. <laughs> yeah. So that's like the best thing, I think. Um, the feeling of knowing that we educate them not only to just look at the skill. I mean, a skill is a good, is one good indicator for your progress, but something else that you cannot get from anywhere, which is like gaining your confidence back feeling comfortable in your body show up because I think once you are confident you can show up to the world and bring good things you know yeah but if you're not confident you're just gonna 
be there and like not doing like not starting anything because you're not confident enough that you are capable of doing that so bringing back confidence is like one big thing yeah you you know making yourself small doesn't help anyone so oftentimes Mm. and and this i think i'll speak a little anecdote there's some there's some research about it like if you read i think the book is called iGen um i kind of fall in that weird I was born in 1996. So I fall in kind of like a weird middle line between, you know, what might be, I think it's like millennials versus Gen Z, but anecdotally speaking, what I've noticed with people roughly between the ages of 20 to 25 right now, I can't speak too much about the people younger than that. Cause those are, I don't usually interact with too many people under the age of 20, maybe 18 at the, at the uh, youngest is that confidence is at an all time low. Perfectionism is at an all time high. But these kids, men, like if you look at like some of the resumes and like what they like, I'll never forget reading Purdue resumes. And I was like, people talking about like going to other countries and like starting clubs and organizations and having these jobs. And like you talk to anyone, like they're at least like really proficient in like two or three things. Like very rarely do you meet someone nowadays. It's like, yeah, I got one thing under my belt because our economy and like the way the world is right now is so dynamic people have to be good at a lot of things, right? It's not enough just to be good at programming. You have to also make good content for people to know about your programming. It's not just good enough to, you know, be a good chef. You also have to find ways that work with your business to work. Can you deliver meals to people? So our generation is really good at being pretty good or pretty solid at multiple things, but their confidence is really low. And then they're worried because they're not perfect at anything in particular that they can't really do their thing or share their thing with the world. But when someone's confidence goes up, when the anxiety and self-doubt comes down just for a minute and you see the person and you see how they radiate and how excited they get, and then you see how they walk, how they stand up, how they go about talking and how they maybe start even get excited and start doing some of the things that they are good at or that they're passionate about. That to me is like one of the coolest things that I ever see. Right. And I think if we can just, and that does come with being active, right? If people are just, just a little bit more active, if we're as coaches and as clients, if we humble ourselves to say, Hey, like, here's where we're starting, right? You're currently not active at all. We're just going to have you go to the gym one day a week. People are like, no, I got to go five days a week. I have to go for 60 minutes. I got to do cardio and strength training. I have to do all of these things. It's like, no, you don't. You're currently doing nothing. Let's just start here. Humble ourselves. Let's just do one thing at a time. And then next mm-hmm. week we'll do two things and then three and then four, right? Little steps, incremental shifts over time, getting better and better. Confidence goes up. You start doing the things you love. You start feeling good about yourself. You start sharing with the world. That is a beautiful thing. If there ever was one. True. Yeah. Um, 100%. That's why I always um, like encourage people to build a good habit instead of like one, you know, doing all that stuff um, at one time and not doing it at all. Yeah. So, Motivation versus good. discipline, right? Anyone can go to the gym for a week straight and burn themselves out. It takes yeah. discipline, habits, consistency to go five days a week for multiple years. True. 
and and I think um, a lot of people misunderstand when I um, when they want to sign up to my program, right? Um, and I have like this set of questions that I would ask them before I make their programs. And um, like one of the questions is like, how many times are you currently working out? And like, mm-hmm. you know, most of my clients never works out or like maybe going for a job for like one times a week. And then like they think because they pay for my program, they have invested a lot. They need to like optimize and like use all of it yep. for it worth it, you know? So like how many times that when it comes to the question to like, how many times do you want to work out? We often want, okay, I'm paying for this. So I need to like use it as much as I can. I want to work out six times a week. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, right? From like one time a week to like six times a week. Yeah, that's not going to um, last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like that that's not going to last. Maybe it's going to last for a month, for mm-hmm. a week, but not even for a month. You're going to be exhausted for working out six times a week, right? Yeah. So I and our um that's that's our part to do to like educate them to actually be reasonable with um you know what they want to do uh if you're working out one times a week and never do strength training you're gonna give up very very easily the first week because you are sore and then you beat yourself up right then that's that it's that vicious cycle it's like oh i couldn't do six days a week why am i sore why am i tired i guess i am just worthless and shouldn't do this thing anyway so it's just, this, yeah. it's this self-defeating cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. Build, a, build the habit. If you can work out one times a week, I can program you for one times a week. As long as you do it, and like, it's a small victory that will push us even more in the future, right? Okay, I got, um, like, I, I work out one times a week uh, this week. That means that I achieved my goal for this week. Next week, let's see if I if I can work out two times, or even if we program like one times a week, and they actually work out two times, they feel beyond success, you know. Yeah. So, but if you program someone for like six times a week when they never work out before this, and they can only achieve three, that's actually a victory. But they don't feel like it. Yeah. Because they don't achieve that six times a week workout. So building a habit is another thing aside from just like programming people. That's something that, you know, we need to build. Um, And that's another, yeah, another thing. So I think um, a lot of trainers need to consider about because we are not just wanting them to do all the workouts when they are with me uh, or Mm -hmm. with us we want them to build a healthy lifestyle so that once they don't have a trainer, they, um, they still work out, they can still do all this stuff at, on their own. And I really, really, okay, so I learned business, right? Yes. And it very contradicts what I learned from what I am applying right now because like in business, what we want is we want to like let them stay with us as long as we can mm-hmm. make them a loyal customer so that we get more profit right yeah um and i do think about that when i first started i was like but in fitness our aim go our main goal is to make sure that one day when they don't need us anymore okay 
one day they will not need us anymore. They won't be, you know, every, nobody will stay with us until like the end, like until the end of their life. So, um, but how, like we are not thinking how to make, make them stay, but instead we are thinking um, of how many other like lives that we can change once this this person has succeeded in their like fitness journey right 100 so yeah that is that is like a, a game changer um when i when i change my mindset like that because before this i thought like it's very very hard to like get a client so once i get a client i need to make them depend on me okay right. i need to show them like 100 so that they depend on me and they will like Um, pay for another month and another month and another mm-hmm. month, right? But the truth is uh, we need to aim for like how we can make them build a healthy habit as not as fast as possible on their own pace, yeah. but as effective and efficient as possible so that they can have their life together. Once they don't have a trainer, they can still uh, live a healthy lifestyle. And how... Can we also like find other people that we can help um, and change their life? So that is how we make, I mean, profit. Like, I mean, all business need profit, right? We need of income. Course. Yeah. But our main goal as a fitness um, professionals is should not be how to like make them depend on us for the rest of their life. Right. We need to change more lives. I 1000% agree. And here's, here's the thing, right? A couple points on that. Like there's no shortage of people who need advice and education and support for being active. So to think like, oh, well, I got these couple of clients. I need to hold on to them, right? I'm getting a steady flow of income from them. I need to not let go. There are literally billions of people on this planet that need or would benefit from a personal trainer. We can work with athletes. We can work with the elderly. We can work with women who are pregnant. We can work with youth. We can work with the general public. We can work with those struggling with disease, right? Everyone mm-hmm. has the potential to be a client. We can work with people who are in shape. They just want to, you know, be challenged and have someone who knows more than they do write their programming. True. There's no shortage of people. Almost anyone mm-hmm. can be a client. But once you get someone, especially when you're first starting off, it's it's very hard to get your first couple of clients. So I understand. But if you're holding on to them, and I've said this in other podcasts, if you've been working with a client for, you know, say three to four years, and you're, that client wouldn't be able to, you know, write their own, like write their own workout for a couple of weeks while you took a vacation, there's a problem. That means that you didn't take the time to help give them education, to help empower them to learn how to do things on their own. Mm-hmm. You might always have a client where like, they're just, it's like, Hey, like, I just really like working out with you. because like, I feel challenged and motivated. I just want to see you once or twice a week. That's cool. You might have a lot lifelong client. That's awesome. But if I have someone I'm seeing them five times a week. And like, if I was gone, they wouldn't know like their way around the gym or how to squat or like how to like, at least have an idea of how to work out. That should be a big red flag. And that's not to, you know, knock anyone down. Like I understand. I really like that actually, nor I think it's a good idea that you went the business route because I think that we don't talk about that next exercise science. It's always 
programming. It's always the physiology, the anatomy, the biomechanics, which is all important, but you got to know how to sell yourself. You got to know how to structure pricing models. You got to know how to create no revenue streams. You got to know how to find your target audience or your niche or your target population. You got to know how to do a competitive Mm -hmm. analysis. And those are things that usually aren't taught very extensively. When I went to undergrad, it was, and I had a really good program. There was one course, one specific course, and it was a great course, but only one course that focused on business with exercise science. That's why I minored in entrepreneurship, which was an amazing experience to help learn and gain more knowledge at Purdue University. I believe there's also, there might be two, but I believe there's only one course as well that focuses on the business side of personal training or fitness in general. So yes, you got to learn how to get clients. Yes, you got to learn marketing strategies. Yeah, you got to keep the lights on and pay the bills. But at the end of the day, man, it should be, can this person move on from me after a period of time, after working towards their goals? That's the ultimate business model, in my opinion. True, true. And while you say that um, you only have like one class undergrad and one class when you are taking your master, um, my classes are all about how to make more money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I was stuck in that mindset too at Mm -hmm. first. I was like, how to get, how to, how to make more money? Like once you get this much money, you know, it's not enough. You need to make more and more and more, but it's, it's never, it's not aligned. um, What I would say, it's not aligned with like the fitness um, as a fitness professional. And to break out from that mindset of just like making them hold onto us mm-hmm. to like letting them go and find other people that we can help. And the, the word is help, not like the, the other people that we can profit on. Right. The other people that we can help is actually something that I myself need to like search on um, and like change my mindset from just like, you know, just getting money, but not uh, creating valuable things to other people and not changing their life. So, I mean, of course, it is easier to program someone who you already work for a couple months, right? And then it's it's very it's way easier. You know them already. You know what they like, what they don't like. Um, you you know them as a person, and it's so much easier for you to write a program for them and it's very very challenging and it um even the coaching side i think the most challenging part is when you onboard new clients Mm -hmm. um you know like you're not knowing what they like like especially they never works out you know (laughs) you you have no idea what they like what they don't like um this like a lot of people don't have even dumbbells at home so i need to be like creative with like using backpack using detail surgeons mm-hmm. whatever it is right uh, to make programs it's so hard um but i know that i am ch- like when you are in a mindset of you are changing lives you are making the world a better place you won't see that as a burden you see that as a you know as a responsibility your responsibility to them um to make them healthier uh yeah, to make world, the world a better place. That's all. right. And if you're in it for the money, you know, there is, you can make a lot of money in training, but people aren't stupid. 
people can tell when you're not being genuine in terms of taking interest in their life versus just you're trying to get a buck out of them, right? Mm -hmm. If you are a good trainer, if you are genuine, you follow your word and you genuinely care about your person that you're working with, the money will come because people see, oh, I'm getting results. My trainer cares about me. They do a really, you know, they do great work. They're very, you know, detail oriented and they just check all the boxes, right? You don't have to worry about people paying you because the money will come. People will just be like, please take my money. You don't have to worry about asking like, oh God, can I ask? This is a lot of money for them, for me to ask my client or to increase my prices. If you're doing the right thing, people will come and people will pay. So those who are thinking about, you know, should I start, should I start programming for people? Should I do this? As long as your intent is pure and centered around trying to make the world a better place and help people, you know, be more active. You can't go wrong with that. True, true. And start now. And start now and take action. Start now. Yeah. Don't wait for you. Uh, don't wait to graduate. Don't wait for like when you have more times. Just start now. Take you action. Get, you will get better over time. That's yeah. right. Now, the last kind of area I want to talk about is specifically about your company, Barbella Maya. I know you've mentioned it a little bit here and there as we've talked through tonight. And so this is. This is an interesting area, right? For, for those who are just listening and can't see Nora in her nice little apartment, right? What you don't know or what you may not be able to know is that, yes, she's from Malaysia, but she's also a Muslim woman. So from Malaysia, being a woman, being a Muslim, then coming to the States and getting into working on fitness, that's not necessarily always the most culturally accepted thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how has that been, you know, trying to get involved in working out specifically resistance training? Cause I know, you know, depending on where you are, some people view like, oh, this is more for women. This is more for men. Um, how have you adjusted to those pressures? And then also just, you know, focusing on young women specifically, how have you gone about, about that with your training? Mm-hmm. Um, at first, uh, it was a really scary thing to do, of course. Um, because um, in my head, I already know what people are going to say, you know. Um, and some of them, are, some of it are true. And some of it is just me making stuff up in my head. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, the, the thing, uh, I, I am trying to find like a really good circle. And I, I already have like a really good circle, especially on Twitter. Um, all these fitness enthusiasts, um, all the personal trainers. Uh, I have female, like a couple of female trainers. I am friends with dietitians now. Um, we we are a strong. We are strong because we have each other. Mm-hmm. Um, in Twitter, people are very very outspoken, of course. Compared <laughs> to like Instagram, Instagram is all like, "Oh, you're so cute." Um, yeah, I stay uh, away from Twitter, man. I just hear it's yeah. horrible. <laughs> but, yeah, but Twitter is another level of, um, I mean, there's, there are always good things and bad things about social media, right? Mm-hmm. But people uh, in Twitter, they are more outspoken. And, um, you know, we have all these, like, guys who are, like, Mr. Know-it-all kind of guy mm-hmm. who, like, your plank is wrong. Like, you do it wrong. Um, you shouldn't do it like this. Like I'm just sharing my workout and like some people, you know, throw stuff um, like, 
like I'm not a good trainer, you know, because they not have nothing better to do, but to go on some, some lady's tweet or go on someone's video and comment like they have nothing better to do in their day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, cause I have like a really good friend right now, um, with another trainer. Uh, I, I know her from Instagram actually. Uh, and it just happened that our house is like very, very close to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never know that uh, never been in the same school or anything uh, and she actually started way before me uh, not way before me maybe like a year before me mm-hmm. um, and one of her uh, video went viral it was her lifting like I don't know if this makes sense to you but it's like a, you know like how some houses cook with gas instead yes. of yeah um, so we have this like really big i think it's like a, oh, like size a, of- a propane tank right yeah like propane I, I gas yeah but it's like a really big it's like a as big as uh maybe a little bit smaller than a keg okay um, but when it's empty it's not that it's not that heavy but she was lifting that mm-hmm. and just like showing her video out and she was like uh it's it's quarantine there is no reason for you to not not to work out it was this this video was last year yeah and that video went viral and a lot of people was like um saying to her like oh you're gonna get uterus prolapse oh like um you better do the house chores Uh, you're not doing house chores you just like you know lifting you know like she got like a lot of hate yeah uh, a lot of support too of course and I wasn't like really close to her that time, um, but I was like already friends with her. Um, so she already faced a lot more than I do because like people know her. Um, she got she reached more audience than I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I I would talk a lot about like in in behalf of her because I think um, she if if she's here I would ask her to speak to you. <laughs> but she got lots of hate. Uh, I mean, a lot of support and also a lot of hate. Um, you know, as a Muslim woman, sometimes like we tried so hard to like cover up stuff, but people still like, you should cover your butt. You should cover your this and that, you know? Like, yeah. come on, we're trying our best to like cover stuff. Just don't look at it, you know? Like, I'm not wearing anything. And I think like you can wear anything you want, um, of course. And we choose to like cover ourselves but people yeah. some people just look at it as like you're not covering enough um mm-hmm. well we are trying our best to you know be a better muslims and so on um so she uh she faced a lot more challenges than i do uh just because she has more audience and uh but we do have each other uh once that happened you know like yeah. we're gonna scream right and like uh, send it to each other. It was like this guy, <laughs> and like we're gonna like spill tea and stuff. Uh, That's right. Each other. Yeah, but um, there are a lot. Um, people need to understand. As a trainer, we are not perfect, and we are also progressing. Right. That's yeah. what people don't understand. Once people see you as a trainer, they think that your squat is perfect. Okay, mm-hmm. your whatever you are doing is perfect you should not do any mistakes in exercise impossible which is very very wrong which is very very impossible right because and and i always tell people like even 
people in Olympics, they have coaches. Why would they have coaches? Why aren't they a coach? If you're the best in the world, why do you need a coach? Yeah, yeah. Like, why <laughs> don't the coach be in the Olympic, right? Or that, yeah, uh, if, exactly. Yeah, if he's the best. So uh, people need to understand that uh, we are also progressing and we celebrate each other's progress, not just like you are doing things wrong. You know? I, Number yeah, one, so, I doubt they even know what they're talking about. They probably I, read something I, online or in their head. Yeah, they they're think probably they know. on rights anyway. <laughs> And they're probably on right, right? They're a little angry today. They're a little furious. But the fact that they went to your page, even though they don't know you to look at your video and commenting on it, I don't know. You know, I feel bad for them because it's like, wow, you're wasting your energy, your time, your frustration, your physiological resources to, you know, put a negative comment towards me. And on top of that, if I had to guess, I guarantee, and this is the, the petty part, right? I'm not a very petty person, but I'll get petty for a minute, nor I'll do it. I guarantee you squat much more than most people who are complaining or giving you negative attention or saying mm -hmm. you shouldn't be working out. You're not allowed to be in the gym or why are you doing this? Or you're this person. So you shouldn't be doing this or your form is crap, right? Those same people, again, you shouldn't value someone based on how much weight they lift, but like the people who are going to, you know, have the loudest voice. If you stacked up next to them in terms of knowledge, expertise, and experience in the gym, I'm going to err on the side that you probably are going to beat them 99% of the time. <laughs> yeah, no, like some people, you know, sometimes we just share our videos of like squatting, right? Yeah. Or like keep trusting. Like I, I keep trust 100 kgs the other day for 10 reps. For and Americans like, with freedom units, that's 220 okay. pounds, yeah. right? But, yeah. And I'm, I'm like 125 pounds. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you so, go. And then uh, I think like people in Malaysia, they don't really know much about hip trust, I guess. And like, I'm just posting videos uh, on Twitter of hip trust, mm -hmm. right? And this random guy was like, what, uh, what exercise are you doing? I've never seen that. <laughs> it, looks, it looks bad for your back. <laughs> and I was like, excuse Thanks, me. Thanks coach. <laughs> who um, are you? Because, uh, and then it was like, this must be someone who never works on their legs. <laughs> never works on leg day, right? That's they right. Leg day. That's why they don't know what's hip trust. And it's just like, you know, it doesn't make sense at all. Like, why would you say that? Like, if you don't have anything good to say, yeah. you don't have to make yourself look full, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, um, some people, it's just like... Um, Oh, how much are you squatting? Uh, 80 kgs. Oh, I squat 130. And I was like, Good so? for you. <laughs> like, you, you are comparing your strength. And like, I'm, I'm just sharing my squat, by the way. I'm not just like, how much do you squat? You can't squat more than me. I'm not saying that. I'm just sharing yeah. my squat. <laughs> and then suddenly you're like, oh, I squat 130. I was like, okay. Uh, first, we are not friends. <laughs> so it's, like, if, you are, if we are friends, I know like, we can roast each other yeah yeah but and then you're comparing your strength to me I, this is a joke this must be a joke yeah. right <laughs> yeah but um it happens but you just need to like know what you should take um and what you should not what you should ignore so i learned that uh, a lot more to just ignore the stuff that 
uh, at first I thought I need to reply, you know, like, of course I need to reply to defend myself and like, come on, I'm just like 125. I'm squatting this much. It's like a lot of weight for me compared to you, 220 pounds squatting mm-hmm. on, you know, like, yeah, I can, I can go all day ranting about that, but sometimes we just don't have to talk to the fools, you know? Yeah, why why waste to. the like I say why waste the breadth the physiological resources to respond to someone who has no context of your life and what you're doing? True, true. So that happens. Um, also, like uh, the one about like as a Muslim, that happens mm-hmm. too. Uh, when when it comes about covering stuff, but you just you know I know I'm trying my best. Um, whenever we record each other, we always like, can uh, okay I don't like this angle do it from the other angle, yes. <laughs> you know, trying, trying our best, uh, putting emojis on our um, videos and stuff. Yeah. But people still want to like comments about it. Like I, I have no time to just, I have no time and energy to reply to that. So That's right. um, I got, I got my friends, my, my friends got me. I got a good, really good circles to like back me off if things happen. So, um, but that is something I need to learn how to like not um, make that drain my energy for the day. Because at first it does, it does drain my energy. I think like I spent whole day on my phone replying on Twitter, you know, yeah. <laughs> trying to like defend myself. But now it's just like, they are having fake profiles anyway, some of them, right? So yeah. Just spend time on, on people like that and uh, find a good circle, I would say. Uh, people who support what you are doing, people who understand you. Um, and that's how I think like I don't have that mindset or like that scared uh scares anymore because I think what what once you know that what you are doing is right, yes, you don't have to explain to other people. Yeah. You do so, not have to, that's a really important thing, right? And you have to think critically about because we make mistakes, right? When you make mistakes, you have to own up to it. Like if I ever, I'm sure it's going to happen at some point, like I make a post about a particular exercise or science that comes out. I'll be the first one when I find out to be like, hey guys, correction. Uh, I said this in the past, but here's actually my viewpoint has changed, right? I'll be the first mm-hmm. one. If you truly analyze yourself honestly, and realize that you didn't do anything wrong, you have no need to defend yourself and mm-hmm. you have no need to apologize for anything. Mm-hmm. End, of dis- end of discussion. End of discussion. If you truly feel that way, move on. That's mm-hmm. all I'll say about that. <laughs> now, when it comes to, and I, I remember this conversation distinctly, but if I get any of the details wrong, please correct me because I want to make sure I'm mm-hmm. accurate with this. You mentioned about being, you know, a Muslim woman and the challenges that come with that. You know, in the States, things are getting, I would say, better in general in terms of equality and just overall the the social norms with men and women in terms of being active, being in the gym and the type of exercises that you do, right? It's it's definitely changing for the positive, in my opinion. I remember we were having a conversation one day and you were talking about how in Malaysia there are gyms, but more or less the gyms are segregated in some capacity, right? Where like the women are expected to. I don't know if it was they were required or they're just expected it's to be like a room. There's like another room for like women's only. Uh-huh. Gotcha. And are women allowed to go into 
a the is there a men's uh, only section where the where the women I, can't I go into or I think now uh people just just go you know yeah. like don't say that it's a men's like section or anything yeah um but so like practically women and, and men can be there but uh every time like we because <laughs> like, we went to um me and my friend we go to two different gyms uh for legs leg days is like one other gym and for like upper body days is another gym just because we like different equipments there mm-hmm. so uh for like the uh the upper body uh days gym that we go uh this is like there are a lot of i think majority of them are chinese so they don't have mm. that mindset of like you know cover up or anything yeah. so um we are free uh there are a lot of like uh chinese women also uh there i just never see other muslim women there <laughs> uh but for the leg day one there is like a room for like women and there's a, like a couple of treadmills some colorful dumbbells <laughs> you know uh, a bench uh you know all, some some stuff um but we we always go to like the 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 general section right and we are i think every time it goes never in my life that we see other girls in that section because like yeah. that that gym um have more like muslim people yeah we never see other the muslim girls we never see other girls actually um there so but we do we do our stuff um i mean we know what we do we are doing we squat a lot that's right uh, uh, i mean even if we only squat the bar i would still be there um now that's right um, you're allowed to I be in to your space there. man true true that's why um what one of the thing that i put on my bio on instagram on barbella instagram is i want to encourage women to take up space because i think it's very very important for them to know that we have our own rights on that space on any space like in the office at the gym wherever it is you have to, uh, you need to take up the space because you a have hell of a right. mission statement yeah I like that because you it's your the gym is yours you pay to get in there mm-hmm. you get the rights to use that space so that is like one thing that i encourage people and uh i like i think one thing with barbella i think in the future what i really want to do is i want to encourage more women to like be comfortable working out at the gym but most things i am doing now is online so i can't be there with them at the gym mm-hmm. so uh that thing is something that i still like uh i'm going to work on in the future but that's why that is in my uh mission statement because i really want to see more women at the gym we need to take up the space <laughs> that's right that's yeah. right or maybe just one day you have to open up your own gym That's true. That's a, that's another aim. It's just um it requires a lot of money. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But not impossible. But not, not impossible. impossible. And actually um barbella.my I made I made barbella.my because I was like I have this big dream, you know. Uh what my is like for Malaysia. You know, mm-hmm. once I I grow bigger, I might have barbella.sg which is Singapore. 
I might have Barbella dot something else, uh, you know, like opening branches um, around the world just to encourage more women to be comfortable at the gym, take up space. So, yeah. So that's why it's Barbellada and why. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, do you train Malaysian women exclusively at this point in time? Or is your training opening up to anyone, male and women inside of Malaysia, outside? What, what, who are you training currently? Or oh, are you uh, I'm, training? I'm currently training uh, Malaysian women. Um, yeah, only. I, I, I don't know if I want to. Uh, I just want to focus... Because I think if I want to like train a lot of people, like I, I do think about like training people in the US, mm-hmm. but um, I need to make another material, you know, videos, educational stuff for, um, because I, I do have my materials now for like my programs and it requires a lot. Yeah. How many people like record yourself, right? No, of course. So maybe one day, um, especially once I want to like go to Singapore and like, you know, expand to Singapore, um, people there speak more English than Malay. Mm-hmm. So I think at that point, I might be able to like, you know, sell programs and stuff for like people outside Malaysia. But for now, loving the community um, that I have right now. And now primarily with the clients that you do have, the Malaysian women, are you doing primarily, I think you said programming, like writing their workouts on them what to do, or do you do a combination of writing some programs and then doing some in person? Um, yeah, it's a combination of two. Um, I actually have uh, in-person, like face-to-face, mm-hmm. in-person, uh, I mean the virtual workout, and I have like writing programs, but this one also get a, a virtual, one virtual session because I, like I said, most of my clients are beginners, um, they don't know much, and I think it's very, very important for me to check their forms at least for like the basic movement to make sure that they are on the right track um, throughout the programs. Uh, and I do like the one virtual session every month. So it, it's basically like the kick, um, the jumpstart program that we have yeah. at Purdue, right? Remember? Yes. Yeah. So it's basically like that. Uh, that's what I'm implementing here. Uh, so I check out with them. Um, but I think just a little bit more uh, than a jumpstart, I think. Because I check out on them, making sure that I make, they are making progress, but also making sure that they learn how to, you know, do the movement properly. Because I think as a personal trainer, that is our number one main goal and our number one expertise, right? Make sure that they are working out right. Yeah. Yes. Last thing I kind of want to touch on. Wow. <laughs> Where are you hoping to go with this in the future? I know that you kind of mentioned, you know, maybe one day, you know, Singapore or somewhere mm-hmm. else and expanding, but have you given thought about, you know, future aspirations, like big picture, here's what I want it to look like Barbella Mai or whatever your mission that you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like to talk about dreams because I dream big. It's <laughs> just not, you know, happening yet, but I like to dream big. Uh, and uh, it, one year before this, I think if you are talking to me like last year, I wouldn't say this, but now I think I have more confidence in Barbella, uh, especially. Um, I would see Barbella um, as, you know, a company where we have like office, we have few trainers under us. Um, 
maybe like you know another five six trainers that I can work with um and then of course uh video editor because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to do that yeah <laughs> uh, you know I I I I want to be able to like hire some people um especially okay one one thing I think I I need to like bring on is that um in Malaysia people are very into like the academic side mm. um which is like you need to get straight A's in high school and stuff like that and i think we overlook the people who are like very active in like sports and we think that they are not successful you know mm-hmm. um and i my goal is like i want them i want them you know i want them i want to guide them to like the right path getting certification and actually do what they love and not letting you know like the high school straight A's be um you know what they are worth with um because i think these people they have a lot of potential just not in academics you know right they can still get degrees but you know everyone is looking at like medicine degrees you know business you know when mm-hmm. it comes to like sports science and everything like that in malaysia it's still like um people don't look that much on on that which i think it can be really it can be a really big thing because for your information malaysia is number one number one um obese, obesity rate in southeast asia so i think there are a lot of things that we as a fitness professional can do to help with that you know mm-hmm. we don't want like i you you remember jeremy um the yes yes yeah, you remember right yes i remember he said that he started his company because indiana was like number one or number two like mm-hmm. of these states in the us yeah. so i was like wow yeah malaysia is like number one obese country in southeast asia i need to do something you know and we have these people who i can take um because maybe other people think that they are not you know um successful academically but they can do something else um because they have their own expertise in sports especially so i, I do want to hire these people be in my team um and then educate people educate more people um and then i i do have like one other things that i want to do which yeah which which is far from like not not far i do want to sell water bottles i think one day barbella will sell water bottles there you go yeah, that's cool like thing man <laughs> you know like blender bottles yeah. i do want to sell, i do want to sell that and be just as successful as blender bottle but that is like another side of, of um i did in coaching i just want to focus on coaching first right now but one day look at me look at one day barbella <laughs> sell water bottles too because you have no idea how much i love water bottles um and i only do what i like to do right i am going to go all out with what i am really passionate about so i am really passionate about fitness and i have proven that from business i go into fitness i don't care whatever people going to say you you have no idea like right now if i go back to like my hometown um meeting my 
grandma, my aunties and uncles, mm-hmm. they all like, it's okay, you're going to find a job one day. And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I have <laughs> you a know? job, what you mean? Yeah, I didn't <laughs> understand that this is a job. Okay, they yeah. don't understand what is a trainer. What is like, yeah, they don't understand that job. So um, whenever they, because so, like, you know, if we go with the flow um, of like other people, it's going to be like you graduate and you find a job, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like you graduate, you build your own business and that's your job, right? Yeah. And I'm not going to go to them and like say, I'm the CEO of Barbella. Like, <laughs> they don't even know what the heck am I doing. <laughs> they, yeah. They're not even on, on Instagram. So um, yeah, people still think about that, but I was like, it's okay. One day I'll just like, come back to my hometown, to my uncle and aunties, um, you know, bringing a car. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like, I I think we need to show them that this is a job. This is an yeah. actual job. Not like just, um, you know, working out on Instagram and do nothing about it. I am I am changing people's life. Um, and I'm going to sell water bottles, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this yeah i don't know why i, I went there but yeah no you we're got, talking about you, we're talking about aspirations i don't know i don't know what we were talking about that's exactly uh, what we were talking about and uh that is my my what i want to see um barbella in the future um building like a, a family of people who have the same passion and um just want to make the world a better place not just for profits we profit is another thing but number one thing is how many people we can help and how many people can we change their lives to a better one it's always a great business model and just know when you do when you do not if when you make those water bottles promise you i'll be the first one to buy it okay deal (laughs) deal um yeah We'll well see we'll see nor if there's now I want, I want to research how to sell what the <laughs> starts making yeah. right away, right? Yeah. <laughs> nor if there's one word I could use to describe you from getting to know you, kind of just your journey, you know, Malaysia to Washington to Purdue to back to being finance. Now you're in personal training, um, being a Muslim woman uh, in Malaysia, and all the things you do, despite you know at times struggling with confidence and trying to your best to help people. Um, if there's one word I can use to describe you, that would be that you are extremely, extremely, extremely. Wow. I just lost my train of thought. That is a horrible thing. See, I go on this rant and I'm like, I had this wonderful word all built up. Oh my God. <laughs> you are extremely courageous. Thank you courageous person that was so funny i built it all up and i just had one of those blonde moments where it disappeared that was hilarious but yes thank you. you're an extremely courageous person to do all these things to challenge yourself to go outside of your domain of expertise at the time to push yourself even though it was hard and you were struggling with the idea of doing so to do all that is very very courageous thank you so much i really appreciate it and uh, I thought I'm gonna cry uh, in this session, but because <laughs> I can you can you remember how many times like I go to you? I was just crying. Um, I think I'm like 
getting stronger physically and mentally now. Um, now that I believe in myself even more, I love myself even more. I strive for progress, not perfection, but I'm still trying, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> that part, yeah, I think um, I've progressed a lot. And I just like, if I remember back who I was before, like two, three years ago, I was like, wow, you are so cute. You are so cute and innocent. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell that to myself because I, I was innocent. Um, and like, I, I, I want to bring this up um, just a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you still remember or not, but like the first email that I sent you, okay, the one that I, after the corrective workshop, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then I say, I want to meet you. I don't know if, I think it was that time. Um, I need to find that back that email. I say to you, like, I want to be a fitness consultant or like a personal trainer in the future. But I just don't think that my, you know, how I look and how my body is and everything will fit the, jo- the job, you know, mm-hmm. the, the job description, which is when I think about it, wow, that's how much you hate your body and yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if I think about it again, right? Like, I was, I look okay. I wasn't like, my, I, I, I was okay. I was perfectly fine and healthy, you know? Yeah. But I still think that my body is not enough. And in order to be a personal trainer, I need to have like, you know, six packs <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, while all you need is actually knowledge and um, compassionate towards your clients. That's all you need. You need knowledge and you need to understand your clients. That's all. I mean, of course, people are going to like be attracted to like people who have like six packs. But you like, come on, if you have six packs, that doesn't mean your client will have six packs too, right? And it doesn't mean that you know anything about programming just because you have a six pack. True, true. So that's why um, I still think about it right now, um, how my email with you, our first email. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. You've, I come, was, quite, you've I, come a long way. Yeah. And now it's just like, I, I mean, like, I'm very, very happy with my body. I'm very, very happy with myself. Um, very confidence, I would say, um, with what I know. And... I've helped like more than 30 people now, 30 women. That's amazing. And fun fact, I, ne- I don't know why, but I never get a male client at Purdue too. So in my life, I've never trained guys. Mm. Like, um, you know, it was like um, at Purdue, you you guys are the one who, who gave me clients, right? Mm-hmm. I never like really choose like who I want to work with. But it was just like, I think I was me- I am meant to help women. So um, never in my life, like I, I, I was about to get one client and then suddenly he said he doesn't want a senior because I was like on, on my last semester. Right. Yeah, because he wanted to like work with the same trainer for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I was about to get a guy and then God said, no, nope. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work with a girl. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's why I think like uh, my experience working with like 
women and girls, um, different backgrounds. Uh, I, I just love it. And I think it's just meant for me. Still love what I do. And I, I, I think I will love this forever. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's right. See, people, we all make mistakes, right? I couldn't say a word. Nor one of the most courageous women, people, personal trainers I know. Um, if you would like to follow her, you don't have to just be a Malaysian woman to follow her content because she makes yeah. great content, whether it's just motivational Thanks. stuff, educational. Go ahead and follow her over at barbella.my. I'll make sure to put the handle in the description below. Uh, nor is there anywhere else you want to plug for people to follow you or look at content or anything like that? Uh, not yet, but hopefully one day I will be on YouTube. But Coming I will soon. announce it on Barbella. Don't know why. Um, yeah, one day. It's just not today. No, I will start um, very soon, I think. Is this uh, more excuses? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, one day. One day I will be on YouTube uh, giving more educational uh, stuff to learn. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. I as a woman because I really want to focus on women's and their health their body, their confidence, um, and everything about women. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing it. So stay tuned for YouTube, exciting content that Nora is going to put out. And as always, y'all know where you can find me, theshiftmethod.org. Uh, little announcement, I'm actually opening up some spots for programming for online clients. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, please let me know. You could DM or go over to theshiftmethod.org, click any of the take action now buttons. All the services are there. But of course, you can fill out a form and I will contact you within 24 hours. Again, theshiftmethod.org. We also got shirts. We still got masks on there as well. And of course, the underscore shift underscore method. That's the Instagram handle. We got content almost daily for all of you. And be sure to check out Spotify and YouTube for our older videos. Nora, thank you. Sorry. Mom, I'm on Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That is right. That is 100% right. You're going to be. But Norm, thank you so much. This was an awesome conversation and it was so good to see you again. And I am, like I said, beyond proud of you for all that you're doing. And man, you're a courageous person. Keep up the great work. Thank you. I want to take a picture. You go ahead. And this first. (laughs) We can go ahead and end it. Take care, everyone. See y'all in the next one.